Hi, everybody. This is Indy Damaka, and in this season of unrest and illness, it is important for me to reiterate the purpose of the 40th Year Podcast. This podcast is here to educate and entertain the global audience about popular culture in association to societal issues. It's imperative to know that the 40th Year Podcast can be explicit in nature due to language. I ask if you are under the age of 18, please have a parent or guardian sit with you to discuss any topics where you didn't understand. In addition, any topics discussed on the 40th Year Podcast has been researched with the best of my knowledge. Let's start this episode. All right, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Indy Damaka, and this is episode 36 of the 40th Year Podcast. Again, welcome. Um, per usual, you know, I got a little bit of tidbits for you about some previous uh, topics that I've covered on other episodes. Again, I'm going to talk about the George Floyd murder case and the police who have are who are being prosecuted, I guess, for the incident. Um, If you remember um, in a previous episode, I talked about how the four men, um, Derek Shaven, um, Jay Alexander Krug, uh, Toy Tao and Thomas Lane were looking to get the cases completely dropped due to insufficient evidence due to the fact that the county that Minneapolis is in, um, Hennepin County, um, Minnesota, their prosecutor prosecuting team had been dismissed due to sloppy work. Now the courts have yet to give them a final statement on that request. So this time they have decided to make a request about a change of venue in regards to where the judicial proceedings will take place, um, due to some instances that have taken place against the three officers who are out on bail. Um, they are saying that they're making a request for a change of venue for their trial out of fear of angry crowds. Um, Alexander Krug filed a motion on behalf of himself and and his fellow colleagues, Derek Shaven, Toy Tao and Thomas Lane, pleading with the court to move the trial out of Halpin County. Um, Krug claims that all four of them and their attorneys were victims of a dangerous situation that took place outside of the courthouse last month after a hearing. He alleged that Toy Tao was being followed for several bo- for several blocks by protesters after leaving the courthouse. Um, he also said that uh, Krug had claimed that Lane had let him know that he had also been physically assaulted. Um, it seems that even out of haste, in my mind, Krug, because he was the youngster um, amongst the four, he had even asked for protection for Shaven because he believed that he was being humiliated due to the fact that he was being paraded publicly in jail clothes and body armor. Now, the other three have also made similar motions to move the trial due to harassment because they also don't believe that there will be a fair trial. Now, I told y'all that before that they were seeking it, but they hadn't physically made the presentation to the courts and they're just now doing it. They do not believe that they will get a fair trial in Hennepin County. They believe it's impossible due to the fact that they believe the jury 
would be persuaded by the crowds that would suddenly sanction outside of the courthouse. Um, at this time, the judge has yet to rule on the change of venue, but I have yet to hear anything about any of the other additional requests that the um, police officers, attorneys have made in this situation. Um, from my understanding, I think that they're planning the the actual trial for Derek Shaven. At least I thought that they said that was going to take place mid March 2021. But I have yet to get real clarity on that. So what is y'all thoughts on that? I think it's intriguing that they don't feel safe. But I do believe that if they do decide to give them a venue change, it would give them a better possibility of an acquittal to be honest with you, because again, it goes back to what happened on the Brianna Taylor murder case that the general, um, the attorney general for Kentucky, uh, Daniel Cameron had said the, the lights, the camera, the lights, the cameras, and the action of it all is a, putting a big toll on the states that are being affected by police brutality. But in the same notion, the police brutality is affecting our community. So, I mean, the celebrities and the influencers are coming out. We do kind of have to whittle our um, thumbs with them to pick out who is doing it for the for the hope of changing uh, uh, institutional rulings in police brutality versus the ones who are just doing it for clout. And so unfortunately, I understand where they're coming from. But you got to understand a person died. I mean, I hate to say it, many people don't care about your safety, but you also have to look at it from the conversation of the greater good who live in Hennepin County. And in my mind, it might it's a possibility, to be honest with you. Um, I think the private citizen um, during those moments when the police, uh, when those policemen who were responsible for, who are allegedly responsible for the death of George Floyd were being harassed it was putting fear in the people that have uh, offices and restaurants and other services that are outside that particular courthouse so they're going to take that into consideration as well so because i know that they said if they don't do the venue change that they'll try to sequester the jury then from having access to tv and radio and other media um so that they don't become biased in the situation. But again, if you, I mean, they would literally have to be under a rock if they have not heard about the George Floyd murder case. And so subsequently, that's why there is a, in my opinion, a strong possibility of them actually getting the option to shift their cases to another county in Minnesota. So, I mean, the plot thickens, I guess. Let's get to the topics at hand. All right, y'all. So it looks like we are currently in retail, the retail Armageddon of 2020. You're like, Indy, we've been going through this for a while. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's like 
I mean, it's something bad out here. Like it don't make no sense. Like the number of store closings that we have seen in 2019 don't compare to what they're saying. It will be at the end of 2020. And it's like some of your favorite uh, stores. Like I was actually shocked to see that Zara was looking to close some of their stores as well as H&M. Um, I think for H&M, there was some confusion because they said 250 stores were going to be closing. Um, for some reason, America, you thought it was 250 stores U.S. wide. It's globally. I don't even think the U.S. has 250 H&M stores to close anyway. Not not throwing shade. It's just it, I don't think we got that many stores, but it is 250 stores um, globally. And they are focusing on their um, e-commerce, their uh, digital storefront. Um, trying to bring that up to par because I think they saw a lot of um, money um, due to the pandemic um, from their side. I know I had bought some stuff from them a while back. And I think the only complaint that I really had about H&M was the shipping part because I made a purchase, I think that was late April and I didn't get it until mid-May and that wasn't normally their move but I know it was due to the pandemic um, but I think there was like some like an oddity about the shipping date but other than that that's probably something that they would need to work on um, it appears that they're saying the amount of store closures that will probably take place in 2020 is estimated to be about as much as 25,000 stores compared to 9,500 9, stores in 2019, based on research. Um, here are some of the stores that are planning to close in 2020. Um, if you are a wellness and health person, GNC is planning to close up to 1,200 stores. Um, New York and Company, um, you might be familiar with that actress, Eva Mendez and Gabrielle Union have lines with New York and company. They're planning to close 405 of their stores for the gamers. GameStop is planning to close at least 320. If you're in the tri-state area, uh, century 21 department stores is closing all 13 of their stores. Now here's the one that I was really interested in because there is a labor union that's associated to it. And it's AT&T. AT&T is planning to close 250 of its AT&T wireless and cricket retail stores. And so the union that's associated to AT&T is called CWA or Communication Workers of America. And so it affects 1200 employees. So I guess for me, I'm wondering how AT&T is going to be working with CWA in order for these employees to stay working or if they're giving them a severance package because when you're unionized, you can't just leave them hanging. And so that would be intriguing on how that plays out for the rest of the year. Honestly, some of y'all are thinking holiday is coming. Um, why are they not? Why don't they wait to the beginning of 2021? Some of these people are like dead broke, honestly. And so for me, my normal statement would be that they will be open for the holiday and that they would close like the end of first quarter 2021 or the beginning of second quarter 2021. But unfortunately, 
with the way the money is thinning out. And if they, if the store personnel, whether it's an executive on the store level or a sales associate that has become problematic to the mall management, they're closing the doors like you have never seen before. So it's really disappointing to see, but that's the game plan that they're supposedly going to be presenting. Now, Vic Victoria's Secrets has been in the news. We all know that they have been talking about how their sales have been declining. Um, they're planning to close more than a thousand stores in the U.S. and Canada. And they claim that they'll be out of business by the end of 2020, allegedly. And I also thought it had a lot to do with the guy, Les Wexler. If you know Les Wexler, he is the chairman and CEO of uh, the parent company, um, L Brands for Victoria's Secret. And his name has been in the, been in the news as being an associate of uh, the guy, Jeffrey Epstein or Epstein, who um, was ID'd as a possible sex trafficker. And so the question is, is he a sex trafficker? Because I always wondered about the name Victoria's Secret. Who is Victoria and what is her secret? And so somebody had thought it was some woman who had got caught up in um, some kind of sex trafficking thing between Wexler and Epstein. And that was the payout was Victoria's Secret. And I uh, that's an allegation and a rumor, but it kind of seems that way. It just, it was a really popular brand. Like if you, I mean, every girl was like, if you weren't buying Victoria's Secret lingerie, you were not of importance. It seemed like at some point um, in the history of Victoria's Secrets. And you know, they had uh, the Victoria's Secret fashion show and that was such a prominent thing to see it scaled down so badly. I felt that it had a lot more to do with the situation with Epstein and Wexler than economics. I think it, it, it I think the combination of it brought the money down because people started questioning, like, who is Wexler? What does L? What, what was it? What was his point in starting L Brands? And so that's why I had said a while ago on my Twitter account that retail is dying because of friendships. It shouldn't be about friendship. It should be about the dollar and the sense of it because we're losing too many retail retail stores and unemployment is going to be extremely high. Zara is at death's door. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. Hopefully some of these stores stay open for the holiday, but I know a lot of them are shift, shifting to their digital storefront so that they can see some money um, from that point of view because it's cheaper honestly the only money that they're paying for is for the personnel in the warehouse and shipping but you got to make sure that that all correlates in a positive notion because if it doesn't it will go away quickly and so um it'll be interesting about where some of these companies will be um in the new year if they're going to focus on e-commerce um some of y'all may have heard uh Versace or Versace shall I say um, in the news, you're thinking, yeah, Paris Fashion Week, right? Um, no, one of their employees um, got caught up in Beverly Hills um, being racially profiled is what they're saying. His name is uh, Celine Beanbird, Bird, I'm sorry, Beanberry. Um, he is the VP of men's footwear and sneakers at Versace. He was stopped and frisked by police officers in Beverly Hills. Um, he says he was shopping while black. Um, it appeared 
that he was on Rodale Drive and it turned into a very frightening experience to him. Um, you can probably catch uh, the confrontation on his. You probably can catch it. I think he put it on his act on his Instagram, actually. But you can catch it on some of the entertainment. It's like every like style and entertainment that picked up the story. He said he was being racially profiled and they said the police had stopped and frisked him because he was jaywalking. Um, he said he was from New York and he's used to jaywalking, so he wasn't thinking anything about it. Um, he said that the usual procedure for jaywalking is for police to hand out a fine, not conduct a search. He was visibly shaken during his encounter with the police. Um, he did follow the procedures that the police asked in regards to asking for his ID. And then they asked Beanberry, what did he have a weapon? Um, he assumed that because he was carrying an oversized Versace bag, he looked suspicious to him. But he was saying he was simply. He was simply being searched because he was shopping at the store that he worked for. Um, now, Donatella Versace responded to the incident. She was completely appalled. She writes on her very own Instagram the following. I'm applaud. I, uh, I am appalled this happened to Celine being buried today. He has been a consultant at Versace for a long time. The behavior he experienced is totally unacceptable. He was stopped on the street solely for the color of, of his skin. Stay strong, Celine being buried, sending you love and support. Um. Now, the Beverly Hills police have not addressed the specific incident. There was a press release that was posted on the Beverly Hills PD website on September 16th that claimed that the department had been on high alert for people using ill-gotten EDD unemployment benefits to shop in the neighborhood's many luxury boutiques. So I guess it still sounded like racially profiling. And I'm not sure what EDD stands for, California. Maybe y'all can explain that better. I know it says unemployment benefits, but what does EDD mean? So I guess they were stopping every black person on the street saying, hey, you using this EDD card to uh, get some stuff here. I mean, that's, that's what we doing. I can't believe it. Who came up with that? Now, somebody did call Kamala Harris out because they said it was probably her and her sad ass husband. But I was like, oh, my God, not today, y'all. Let's let's stop. But I'm pretty sure Vashashe, y'all said that, didn't y'all? I'm pretty sure. Now, he has received a lot of support in how he handled it because I looked at the video. It looked like he handled it properly. It's disappointing. But again, it's another instance like it like it doesn't matter what your title is. He's VP. Of men's footwear and sneakers, and he still get thrown to the wayside because he got on. He had a. they probably thought the Versace bag was fake, probably, too. And they were chasing him down the street. And so at this point, he was targeted. He doesn't know what to do. And he had a high ranking title and still got thrown to the wayside. That's disappointing. I mean, we have to do better with the situation, unfortunately, because I mean, who wants to go to Rodeo Drive now, whether you had an EDD card or you actually had your bank debit card and you had the money to get it? That's going to kill retail in itself, right? Oh, Lord, I don't I just I don't have much more else to say. He um, I appreciate him for sharing his story because some people wouldn't share the story because of where he sits with this luxury brand. But I think we're at this point that we need to start having those discussions about what it means to be black in America 
and that no matter how much education, no matter what seat we have, we're still going to be profiled due to somebody else's ill-begotten understanding of community. Let's get so let's get to something else. Okay, y'all, some of y'all have been wondering why I have not really spent a lot of time talking about Beyonce's Black is King. And it's really because I did not um, get any links to watch it and I wasn't going to sign up for Disney Plus to get it. And it's just I think my attitude about Knowles Carter is not sufficient enough for me to give her an authentic unbiased presentation of my thoughts on it when she has made derogatory statements about Africa and its people past present or future and so for me her presentation is something that I find faulty so for me to talk about black as king with a positive notion it wasn't and I know some of my readers are part of Bay Nation um you're like what is Bay Nation Bay Nation is the beehive her fan base and I just felt like because I know some of you all enjoy her in, in her entirety, I figured let me keep it cute and not really give you my dissertation on what I think about Black is King. But I had noticed that a person in New York was suing Beyonce for something that I thought was quite interesting. So I wanted to, to share the incident to you guys. It appears that a area called Shelton, Island in New York State is under fire due to one of the residents not fully understanding how Beyonce Knows Carter got to film Black is King on a property that was deemed a plantation. The man's name is Michael Gaynor and he um, filed a complaint in New York Supreme Court. It was about 21 pages on September 22nd. Um, to sue the town of Shelter Island and 18 individuals associated to the town's government, which include the town attorney, supervisor, clerk, and members of its board for allowing Beyonce to film Black is King on an area that had been deemed a place of enslavement um, without obtaining the re without re without obtaining permits or holding a public hearing on the possibilities of allowing her to do it. He claims, Mr. Gaynor claims that Disney secretly filmed Black is King starring Beyonce Knows Carter on a property called Sylvester Manor Educational Farm. The educational farm was created, 200, created on 240 acres of land that was once belonged to a man named Nathaniel Sylvester, who was a slave trader who established his headquarters there for his family's international slave trading and sugarcane plantations, according to Gaynor. Um, a descendant of Sylvester and Eben Osby inherited the plantation in 1992 and dedicated the land to conservation. Currently, Sylvester Manor is listed in the National Registration of Historical Places because it contains the remaining of, remains of over 200 African slaves 
and Manhattan Indians in unmarked graves. He believes that the town and its government secretly colluded to quietly allowing Disney and Beyonce to film the movie on the land without going through the proper procedure of getting traditional public permit processes to ensure the secrecy of the project. He also alleges that the town board's members and its employees were asked to sign an NDA, which is a normal process for anybody who ever works with Beyonce, by the way. I mean, everything is you have to sign an NDA with her. He said that that secret agreement was in violation to the town's bylaws, which requires a production company to obtain a film permit through a process that allows for public comments. He said he felt because they allowed the filming at Sylvester Manor and in the town, they received some substance, some substantial fee from Beyonce and her entertainment company, Parkwood. We assume I assumed that there was something about the situation that pissed off Gaynor. And I thought, OK, you must have tried to do something on the property that they wouldn't allow after they had a public conversation about it with the residents and the other governmental officials on Shelter Island. And they noted that he had been locked into a bitter dispute with town officials since he bought property on the island in 2018. They, uh, now, this came from Billboard. A source told Billboard that Disney, who purchased the finished film for Disney Plus, was not involved in the permit process or the filming of the film. Now, the attorney who is going to be representing the town, his name is Richard Zuckerberg or sorry, not Zuckerberg, Zuckerman. He um, told Billboard as well that Gaynor's allegations the town received a secret payment from Disney is an act of retaliation after town officials refused to spend two million dollars to purchase property from Gaynor. They said to quote Zuckerman, his accusations are, in my opinion, false and preposterous. So it appears that he was upset because they wouldn't do business. This is Gaynor. He, the town would not do business with him. So he decided to throw shade at him, at Disney and at Beyonce to um, get back at them for not spending the money. Now, reps for Beyonce did not respond to anybody about this situation. And so that was intriguing to me, too. So some of y'all are thinking, well, NDD, where was this? It, what part of the movie is this? Um, I was told Mood Forever was the uh, was Sylvester Manor, from my understanding, because I'm not familiar with Shelton Island and I'm not I'm not familiar with Sylvester Manor. Um, I know some people were throwing shade on Beyonce and I had to agree with them. It was convenient that she would be on a plantation, though, with buried slaves on it. it it's, I was like, that's why I think I was more thrown off by it because I read that and I thought, oh, Lord, here we go again. But again, I ain't going to really go there with y'all. Just that just know that the man was being petty. Will he he spent he took time to do 21 pages over it. So, no, he is that petty. Will he get anything off of it? Probably nothing but being drove off of Shelton Island eventually. So. And other news, we are I don't know if we are in the mind of it, but we do probably we should really be thinking about it like next year. Like, will there be 
the NBA All-Star Weekend, where there be a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. It looks like there will be a Super Bowl. They just announced um, Jesse Collins as one of the executive producers for the Super Bowl halftime show. If you're not familiar with Jesse Collins, he has done a lot of work with Viacom, um, CBS through BET Networks. He has been... Um, influential in doing the new edition story biopic for BET. He has also been the executive for the uh, main BET awards. And so they had made the announcement uh, last Tuesday, the NFL, Jay-Z's Rock Nation and Pepsi. He is the first ever black producer for the halftime show. Um, Hamish Hamilton will be working alongside uh, Jesse Collins for the Pepsi Super Bowl. It will take place in Tampa Bay, Florida on February 7th. Um, according to Sean Carter, his statement about it is Jesse Collins is innovative, creative, and one of the only executive producers that speak fluent artist vision. Jesse's insight and understanding creates both extraordinary shows and true cultural moments. After working with Jesse for so many years, I look forward to all there is to come. Um, now he is Emmy nominated. Um, he was nominated last year for outstanding variety special live as the producer of the 61 61st Grammy awards. He also had did John Lewis celebrating a hero along with a number of other things. Um, the NFL has stated that they're excited to have, to have Jesse Collins join rock nation to, executive produced the Pepsi Super Bowl LV halftime show. And they said that they're looking forward to our fans who experience a memorable performance as a part of the uh, combination of our 101st season. So that should be very interesting to see. Um, it was a lot of rumors circling. I started hearing a lot of rumors circling around it, but it's too messy to even um, speak about, to be honest with you. Um, but I feel like it'll, it will go well. I've uh, heard good things about them. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I have yet to hear who the artist will be. Um, and it's interesting enough, I do wonder, will the Super Bowl be open to the public though? I think that's the commentary that most people are interested in. So if we're having a halftime show, are we expecting fans to be in the stadiums? Only time will tell. Um, since we're talking about the, since we're talking about the conversation of what it will be next year, um, in regards to COVID-19 pandemic, we need to talk about what's going on today with, uh, president Trump and the presentation of him having COVID-19. It appears that he, um, has returned back to the white house. He had posed massless for a photo op after recklessly downplaying his illness. Um, Trump's physician said that the president's evaluations and clinical status supports his return home, even though he's not entirely out of the woods yet. Apparently, while they were handling his illness, he experienced two episodes of transit drops in oxygen um, saturation. And was also given a steroid, according to his doctors. So right now we know he's back in the White House. 
Um, but what was more interesting to me is a development that is coming from his family. Donald Trump Jr. believes that there needs to be an intervention um, in association to his father, President Trump. He is upset with his sister Ivanka and her husband. And it appears that he was overwhelmed by the fact that they allowed him to get into a car and parade around the military hospital um, waving at supporters. And so they said that, that he is concerned about his understanding of time. And so some people are saying, what does that mean? From my understanding, there may be a lapse in memory, I think, because they said he said something along the lines, and this is very much an allegation. This is just stuff that's been going around on social media that he was confused why we weren't in a segregated area. And so I thought maybe they misunderstood and said like the civilians versus the military, but they were saying white versus black is what he said. And so he was like, they, I guess a family member said, sir, there is no segregation. You, it's 2020. And he went mad allegedly. Now, did this take place? I'm just going to let that sit in your head for a little while. I think they're saying memory loss is a possibility. I don't even want to know, actually. So I'm just going to leave it on the table for y'all. And this is, is it fact or fiction? This is the end of the podcast. I appreciate y'all for listening. I will talk to y'all next week. God willing. Bye-bye now.